Friendshipping is proud to be part of the Chicago Podcast Cooperative. This episode is sponsored by... Did you know Cards Against Humanity has a scholarship for women in STEM? <laughs> it's called the Science Ambassador Scholarship, and applications open next month. So wow! If you are, I know! It's coming up so quick. If you are a high school student or an undergrad studying uh, sciences, you should go to scienceambassadorscholarship.org, and you can learn everything there and maybe win a free ride to college. I don't know. Go see. Wow, I know some, I'm not a, a young woman in college or high school, but maybe I know somebody who is. Should I, where should I send them, Jen? You should definitely send them to scienceambassadorscholarship.org, especially starting in like three weeks from now when applications are open and they can apply. That sounds like a great plan. Thanks. Yeah, no problem. I'm Jen. And I'm Trin. This, this is, is Friendshiping! friendshiping. <laughs> the theme this week is uh mm, sticking up for yourself yeah your yeah. friends yeah, yeah. I think that's the theme yeah we'll yeah, see. yeah 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 don't be a doormat uh, don't be a freaking doormat that's a gross place to be you're a human being you should be standing on your feet not lying down on the ground <laughs> while other people step on you Friendship between humans has many benefits, but sometimes there is drama and you want to call it quits. Don't write nasty subtweets or punch them in the tits. View friendship at the problem. Jen, I'm so far away from you. I don't like not being in the same room as you. Okay, listeners, I'm in Chicago where it is very humid and Trin is in Canada where yes. it, how's the weather? Uh, I am in the country of cannabis, and uh, the weather is hazy with smoke. Um, and that wasn't going to be a joke about marijuana, and then it turned into one. Um, but it's actually hazy with smoke because of the wildfires. A big chunk of this country is on fire right now. That's awful. Well, it's same in America, just metaphorically. Yes, yes, yes. So there's like a little, there's a little haziness, but it's also like really lovely. It's like kind of early fall already here. I am in Edmonton, Alberta, beautiful, bustling metropolis of Edmonton, Alberta. Uh, I'm out here for a wedding that we talked about last week, uh, and I'm still nervous. It'll be okay. Yeah, I know it'll be okay. Um, I know that. So for those of you who didn't hear the episode last week, um, I'm going to a, a wedding and I'm meeting like my boyfriend's entire gigantic family all at the same time. Uh, and of course, I'm having stress breakouts, uh, like just right before the wedding, because, uh, you know, my, my body hates me and wants to rebel against me. Oh, bad meat sack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, so that's my, my wedding update. Jen, how is Chicago? Chicago is great. Um, let me give you a sense of, a sense, our listeners, a sense of place. Yes. I'm, uh, I'm in the office, and Chris Evans is sitting next to me. He's just oh, finishing up the omelet he made for us. He's Your wearing, husband. He's wearing my robe. It's, it's really cute. Oh, um, it's for, oh, I bet it's like real tight on his chest, too. I yeah, bet he yeah. can't even get it all the way over. Yep. Yep, it's really straining against his muscular chest. He's actually about to head out and make room for Idris Elba to come over. Oh, uh, how yeah, nice who's of bringing him. who's bringing champagne for mimosas? Um, and then I think I'm gonna go out to dinner with Daniel Craig later. But that's that's what you're missing in Chicago. I'm fine. I don't miss you at all. Oh, oh, Dan. Just me and all my boyfriends. Well, let me give you a sense of place. Um, I am sitting at my boyfriend's IKEA table. And uh, I have on my pajamas still, 
and a giant one of his giant t-shirts um my face is dry because i am in the tundra i am gently flaking all over the room (laughs) you're shedding uh and my hair is very dirty and uh that's about it jen what are you wearing (laughs) um i'm wearing um my birthday suit because chris you know chris evans stole my robe Oh, also, oh. it's the air and water show here in Chicago. So if you hear some plane noises that our producer and editor Ian couldn't head out, just know that it's it's this podcast. It's not it's not the Air Force. Maybe yeah. it's the Air Force, but I don't think so. And for me in the tundra, um, in my dirty hair and pajamas, if you hear any hammering in the background, it's because there's construction happening in this building. Wow, we're off to a great start. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Jen. I feel like uh, maybe we should uh, start the episode. What do you think? I think we should do that because we've got two really good questions. We have some great questions. I just want to, I know we, we say this every now and again, um, but it's because we have such thoughtful and uh, deep thinking and kind listeners. And I'm not blowing smoke up your ass. You guys are really great. I um, mean, your questions are, are really interesting. And I, we always appreciate the context you give us. Uh, and uh, we appreciate how much thought and like internal um, like, like self-help that you've done before you ask, like, that's really, really cool of you. Um, and we're proud of you. Yeah. And you have great taste in podcasts. You truly, truly do. Jen, would you like to read the first question? Yeah, I'll read the first one. Here we go. Hi, Jen and Trin. Hello. Hi. I have a question about standing up for yourself when it comes to your friends. I've historically always been something of a doormat. I've dropped everything for my friends when they needed me as that's what a good friend should do. However, I've never received this treatment back. I've been through some rough times, and I've noticed that when I've asked for help and support, it's not been there. Through, through hard work and therapy, I've been dealing with my need to please everyone. If someone, upsets me, if someone upsets me now, I do my best to tell them and not put up with excuses for bad behavior. I've noticed, though, that even if I'm very clear in what I'm saying, like, don't keep tagging me on Facebook, it stresses me out, it's treated as a big joke. Mm. I'm very mad about that. Yeah. The, in particular. Yeah. That the last the last phrase here is it's treated as a big joke. And that my only note I wrote for that was sad face, sad face, sad face. Because you you sharing your boundaries and even something as small as don't do this social media thing. It's actually not that small. It's still it's something that your friends could do for you and they're laughing about it. And that's not nice. Yeah. Um there are sad faces all over these notes because guess what? We're gonna start out with exploring the possibility that your friends are just garbage. Um, like, I mean, they might not be, and we're going to go through ways for you to like stick up for yourself and, and such and such. Uh, but, but the thing is, is that if you are clearly staying your boundaries for your friends and your friends are still saying like, LOL, uh, all of them, um, then they could be bad. You could be subconsciously seeking out friends who are super needy and not giving. Um, And this is not saying that you are at fault and you're the worst person in the world. Uh, It is saying that there's a part of you that, for whatever reason, needs to be a people pleaser. And you are attracting people who are, what are those little like, like eels that like stick onto the, onto whales and like suck on them? Um, They're little sucky eel friends. (laughs) You have sucky eel friends. I think that's going to be the title of the episode. Sucky eel friends. <laughs> Man, yeah, I'm glad I'm glad this person is in therapy and working on 
how to use their voice and find their voice because man that is like not to be cheesy but that's a whole fucking journey like it takes a lifetime to to do that especially with your friends i know we've talked about this before but how hard it is to like use your voice for someone that you consider like in your support group or an ally like it's kind of it's much easier to stick up for yourself when there's a clear enemy when there's someone that's like being clearly bad to you but if there's a friend if there's someone you consider a friend or on your team it's way harder to be like hey that's not cool so i'm glad you are i'm glad you're recognizing what you're doing as good and important work because it is yeah no i totally yeah i'm on board with that yeah so all of your friends every single one of them are sucky eel friends and that's terrible is there one best friend in your group that you can reach out to privately? Um, what we're hoping is that maybe you can make an ally. So when you post something like, hey, don't tag me on Facebook, it stresses me out. And then people treat it as a big joke. You can reach out to a friend privately and say, hey, dude, like this is actually really important for me. And I, I could really use some backup. Um, so I'm about to post this thing that says, like, please don't tag me on Facebook. If you could please be there for me uh, and just like back me up if people like tear this down. This is super important to me and people don't take me seriously. And I just need somebody on my team. Um, if if your like best closest friend doesn't react positively to a very clear instructional <laughs> message on how to be a good friend to you then I think it might be time to just spring clean out all those motherfucking eels. Yeah, honestly, like that's the hardest part about therapy. It's like not even just about therapy. The hardest part about like growing up and looking around you and realizing like, holy shit, these people aren't treating me well. And oh, no, are you on the brink of that revelation? Because I've been there and it's like standing on the edge of a cliff. It's really fucking hard. But it might be time. It might be time to ditch the motherfuckers. Yeah, it might just be time to, like, get out your hand vac and, like, suck up the ants in the couch, man. Like, just get all the crumbs out and all the all the little bugs that are eating the crumbs. That's the thing, is that your brain is full of crumbs from the party you had a few years ago, and you, you've attracted ants. You've attracted these nasty ants. Your friends are now ants. They're no longer sucky eels. They're giant, like, like ants that live inside of your couch and eat off of all of your self-disrespect. Oh, yeah, man. The thing that's like killing me in this question is the asker's referring to all of their friends. It's not like they have a friend that has a tendency to treat people this way. They're talking about their entire group of friends. So that's a pattern at this point. That's a pattern in the people you seek out and the way you treat yourself and time to break it. Yeah. And it, here's the thing, though, like abusers and people who take advantage of other people they seek out subconsciously even people that they could take advantage of. Oh so my fucking God. Yes. They have like a, like a, like a honing device in their brain. And like, we always say on this show, like there's no such thing as like good people and bad people. Everybody can make the choice at every opportunity to be, a, do the good thing or do the bad thing. Um, we're not saying these people are evil. We are saying that like you, they have something to work on. And their thing is, is that they seek out people who are people pleasers, who they can treat as a doormat and won't fight back. It doesn't mean that you shouldn't clear them out. Suck them up. Suck them up with that hand back. And then throw them in the garbage. Yeah, you know, toss them I, in the garbage. I have been this person. I have been this asker before. It was when I was younger and I was in college. And I, I was just, I was like, why am I giving so much to this person that's not treating me well? 
And uh, I asked myself that question and then changed nothing about my behavior for about three or four years. And I would have uh, true, true friends who, who would look at the situation and be like, Jen, what are you, what are you doing? Like, why are you, what are you getting out of this relationship that's causing you so much stress? And uh, I'm telling you this so you know that, like, there is a new life ahead of you if you do end up ditching your friends. Like, there, there is hope for you. Yeah, no, I, I absolutely agree. And Jen, you had a suggested reading material, right? Oh, my God, yeah. Can you hear that hammering? I love it. <laughs> I'm sorry, everyone. No, maybe, it's okay. Maybe they can't hear it. Maybe maybe Ian, our uh, wonderful uh, sound and audio boy, found a way magically to remove the, the hammering. Probably not because there's limits of technology, but Ian, best of luck. Just as this person doing construction near Trin, you are going to reconstruct your life. <laughs> and run, oh, my and- God. Jen, so have you been taking an improv class? Because that was an incredible transition. <laughs> no, I just learned. I just learned from you. Okay, mm-hmm. so this book, um, it's going to be a painful read, but I think it's an important read. I read it a, a few years ago when I really needed it. It's called "Who's Pulling Your Strings: How to Break the Cycle of Manipulation and Regain Control of Your Life." And I am pretty weary of self-help books because they're often like just smile and shake hands and be nice and you'll meet people, or they're like manipulative in some way. I do have to say this book really helped me. And here's what this book did. It helped recognize the ways people manipulate each other. Sometimes it's for evil reasons. Sometimes it's because they are complex human beings who that's how they treat each other. Like here, here, I'm I'm looking at the description of the book right now. And one thing it says is transform yourself from a soft to a hardened target. And this goes back to what Trin was saying about Sometimes people, wait, Trin, can you repeat what you're saying about how, like, how people hone in on people that are, like, so-called weaker? People who uh, have a pattern of being manipulative or abusive, they seem to have, like, a, you know, like, the joke about how there's gaydar. Well, that's not a real thing, but it is (laughs) a real thing. To have like doormat dar, um, you seek out. It's just like having like shitty like romantic relationships. People fall into patterns, um, and when there is a manip- manipulative doormat pattern, I mean that's that's exactly the same. Um, so you seek out that other puzzle piece to continue your shitty pattern all the time, and like and that's why therapy is great. The end. Oh, that is yeah, the puzzle piece thing. That's like the perfect metaphor. Yeah, I really like this book because it. Um, it was actually really practical. It, it like literally laid out ways uh, that you can use language and stand up for yourself. And it, it, it was like it treated it like a process. Like you're not going to wake up one morning and be like, hey, quit fucking around with me. Uh, that's just not realistic. And that's probably not something you're going to do. Although if you do do that, more power to you. What you what you realistically will do is uh, tr- take this slowly and start to uh, evolve and like work with your therapist and then start to make changes. Yeah, for sure. Um, I also wanted to call out um, an important thing. Um, they talked about tagging in Facebook posts. Uh, and I just just as a little thing that they've asked their friends to do that their friends won't uh, work with them on, which is so garbage because that's such a tiny little thing. I want to remind the asker that people are selfish and they forget things. I actually hate all DMs and all forms, and I try to remind my friends of that um, as, as much as I can. It's actually in my Twitter profile. Please don't DM me. It makes me nervous. People forget all the time. They forget constantly. Um, and so one thing that I do is uh, if I get a DM message, I just ignore it. I ignore it. 
and I ignore it because if somebody has something important to say to me, they'll email me. Uh, and that's what happened the other day is one of my friends who I know has, has mentioned to me, but like, I know you hate DMs, but I wanted to contact you. It was really important. So I'm DMing you right now. They even said that in the DM, which is oh, like pretty no, hilarious, but no. it's okay because they like learned. And this person eventually sent me an email with like, like they basically copy pasted their DMs and emailed me. And I was like, yes, you're learning. You are learning. Um, so, uh, while we are saying that, yes, your friends are ants. Yes. They are sucky eels, sucky eel friends do give a little bit of room for people to grow because they often do. And that you don't have to give more room than you want to give. Um, you know, the situation way better than us. And we're never going to tell you to forgive somebody who repeatedly hurts you because like, you don't have to do that. You don't have to put yourself in the position again to be hurt. You don't. The thing I was drawn to in this question is how they said they repeatedly drop everything for their friends because that's what good friends do. So here's the here's the thing. Like, that's not always what good friends do. You don't need to do that in order to be a good friend. Yes. What would happen if you did not drop everything for your friends? There are, of course, friend emergencies, but probably not that many are actual emergencies, right? Like you are not the 911 call. You are not their mama or their chauffeur or whatever they're looking for you like you you also your friend that's having the emergency they probably have other friends like why does it have to be you why does it have to be you every time and i'm sure this is something you're working through with your therapist yeah i mean dude if you're finding that all of your friends only have one friend and the friend is you it's because they are bad (laughs) you know like if they can only manage to have the one friend and they treat that one friend like a doormat then that means that they they suck. They suck. Yeah, sucky. We eels. We try. We always try to explore the possibility that like your friends are just making mistakes. But and that's true. But also they could suck. Like Trin, the best compliment I've ever gotten for friendshiping, and maybe ever, was um, one time we did a panel. I think it was a PAX panel, maybe in Seattle. I can't remember. Uh, but after after the panel where we kind of did a live version of our of our show, someone came up to me and said, you know, when I read the description for this this panel, I thought it would be like really kind of light and cheesy. Like, here's how to make friends with everyone. Just smile and be polite and be friendly. And this person said, but this panel wasn't that because you you stated that it's like, OK, to leave people behind. It's OK to have boundaries and you're not going to get along with everyone. And and it's it's okay to dislike people and that kind of thing. And I took that compliment to heart because we don't ever want to tell you to be friends with someone who's treating you badly. Oh, yeah. Ending a friendship is not failure. I mean, think about the theme song that Molly Lewis wrote for us that we, we played at the beginning of every episode. You know, we're like, don't write nasty subtweets. Don't punch them in the tits, you know. Uh, but we don't say, don't fucking leave them. <laughs> You know, we don't right. say we don't say work it out every single time. We're like, you know, don't do so, don't don't behave in a shitty way, but ending a friendship is not behaving poorly. Yeah. Yeah, true that, my dude. <laughs> do we want to wrap this? Do we want to do a little quick in conclusion? Yeah, do that thing, Trin. You're so good at in conclusions. Thanks, Jen. Thank you. Well, in conclusion, Asker, we are so glad that you're in therapy and you recognize your own patterns. 
Uh, there are ways that you can get somebody to advocate for you. I think if you reach out to like your closest or like a couple of closest friends and make very clear in a private message, hey, I'm going to post my boundaries. I could really use some backup. I need some help on this. You can do that. And if they respond poorly, then that tells you their character. Um, you may have to do some spring cleaning. You might have to vacuum up um, all of the silverfish and the ants and the millipedes from your couch. Okay. Like your friends might just be eating up those little nasty crumbs left behind from your childhood traumas. Like literally what people do is that they, they seek out sustenance from abused people. All right. So you don't have to continue that cycle of abuse. You can leave them because leaving a friend is not failure. It's taking care of yourself. You cannot fail at your own life. You're doing great. We think you're wonderful. And you can, you are going to carry on and you are going to get rid of these nasties and you're going to live your life a healthy and, and self-actualized uh, human being. Oh, Trin, that was so fucking good. Thank oh. you. I feel like no, I want, like, I want to, like, blow the, that, the horn of Rohan or whatever the fuck and, like, get the, get the Calvary out for these guys. My last piece of advice for this asker is to whenever you start to be mean to yourself, whenever you start to feel guilty or start to think, like, maybe should I text this person back even though they're not very nice to me? Put down your phone and blast some fucking Beyonce. What would Beyonce do? Beyonce would not give time to people who were unkind to her. Damn. Damn, Jen. I mean, you know, here I am putting Beyonce on a pedestal, but like, of course we all should. She's perfect. And she would not be unkind to herself. Beyonce has done an incredible job crafting a public image uh, that is indicative of her power and her artistry. So at the very, I'm sure Beyonce has uh, lots of, you know, self uh, doubts and things like that in her private life. But Mirror the public image. Oh God! Mirror the public image of Nicki Minaj. I'm gonna. Yeah. I, I, the, my advice of following Nicki Minaj on Instagram. There's nothing that has made me feel more body positive than Nicki Minaj just owning it constantly. Fuck yeah! Yeah, seek out some positive people, and yeah. those people might be celebs. <laughs> Are we good for question two? We're fucking good. Do you want to read this one? You know what, Jen? I it would be my deepest pleasure. Ew. <laughs> Ew. Sorry. The word bro. pleasure. The word pleasure is a little gross. Well, I like pluralizing it because it just it makes it very clear that it's non-sexual. Like if you say it, it would be my deepest pleasures, then people <laughs> are like, yeah, no, she's not trying to be gross. She's being over gross. It's a joke. Okay. All right. Question two. <laughs> Dearly beloved Jen and Trin. That is how this question starts. I love it. I'm trying to figure out how to deal with people and friends who talk too much. I don't mean people who like to talk with you a lot, but people who like to talk at you a lot. Do you know the type I mean? The type of person who asks a question not to hear your answer so that they can give their answer. The kind of person who never asks a question back or doesn't listen actively when the conch leaves their hands. The type of person who doesn't seem to have a sense of how much they might be dominating a conversation. I enjoy spending time with friends, but I'm a fairly quiet introvert and a cactus friend, and I don't feel the need to tell people the details of my life. But it still bothers me when someone seems truly uninterested in anything I might have to say. 
Of course, this is highly contextual. For example, a friend who has to vent or is dealing with a problem or concern or anything that doesn't fall into this category at all. But when it's not like that and I'm forced to spend significant time with someone who wants to have a one-sided conversation, I get really bummed out. Also, with the kind of person who will launch into a lengthy monologue despite the fact that you've said or demonstrated that you don't have time or are busy, I find myself getting internally angry when it becomes clear that the person doesn't actually care whether or not I want to be listening. I'm just a pair of ears. The latter is mostly a problem with my mom, kettle of fish alert, and coworkers. I work in a public building and sometimes I'm stuck staffing a desk with people who do this. Is it fair to be upset with this kind of behavior? Is it really just a brand of selfishness? What can I do to make myself get less angry when I find myself in these situations? How do you deal with it when it's someone you can't disengage with, like a family member or a coworker? Am I inadvertently fueling these sorts of situations by being a quiet person in general? How can I avoid accidentally doing this to other people? Holy freaking moly. Holy motherfucking shit. I'm swearing a lot today. Okay. I am of several minds here. And I feel like my, I feel like my instincts are going to, I feel like my mood is going to evolve as we dive into this question. Because in some ways I completely understand the asker in other ways. I'm like, what? So let's just, let's just hop. Let's welcome to the, welcome to the fucking friendship Thunderdome. Let's see what happens. (laughs) Tina Turner is here. She's looking amazing. (laughs) Two men enter, one man leaves. Let's hit it. So let's hit this. When you're at work with, with headphones in and someone comes and does conversation at you, I, that can be grating. If you're going on Tinder dates and you're, or you're just out with a friend getting a glass of wine and they don't shut the fuck up for six hours. I understand. This is grating. This is, it can be grating. But we don't really advocate for like disliking an entire personality type. Like this person asked, do you know the type I mean? And sort of like around theater kids, I tend to be quiet and shut up and just like let them do their thing. Um, But around someone like my partner, you can't shut me up. Like I can be this talky person when I've had my night wine. And I think everyone, everyone is capable of overloading a conversation or carrying the convo. I just cringe a little when I hear the phrase, you talk too much. Right. I just, it just like, it sets me off. It uh, doesn't feel right. The phrase talk too much. I've heard that negatively uh, in sexist ways too many times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, this always, this kind of question always brings me around to this seems to be a character flaw that is common that you don't like in other people, which is totally fine. Um, but it doesn't mean that these people are like bad, which obviously you're not saying, but I want to be super clear that you can be hella talky, you know, and be extremely generous in other ways. Um, It seems like these people want to have a bowling conversation and you want to have a tennis conversation. Um, We've talked about these two types before on the podcast, but just to refresh everybody's memory, um, tennis conversations are the ball bounces back and forth. We are both doing the same thing. Uh, I mean, like, obviously, like conversation isn't a competition in the way that sports are. But imagine the conversation being the ball. It bounces back and forth. And there are also bowling conversations, which seems to be the type of conversation that this asker hates, which is uh, people take their turns. It is a very separate thing. They do their thing. They're done with their thing. They sit down. Next person goes. It could very well be that these people are waiting for you to bowl. 
you just don't want to bowl because that's not what you want to do. Um, so I, I would hesitate to ascribe the character trait of selfish to any of them because uh, it could just very well be that you don't communicate in the same way. So try to give them the benefit of the doubt because this is so many people like this is essentially like a subset of extroverts. Um, this is a lot of the population who treats conversation this way. Um, it, it could just be that you communicate differently and that's not wrong. It's just maybe don't talk to them. Yeah, I mean, you could avoid this personality type if it just doesn't work with you. Yeah. That's that's okay. Um, One of the questions was, uh, here, let me find it. Am I inadvertently fueling these sorts of situations by being a quiet person in general? And I think probably yes, but that doesn't put blame on you or blame on the other person. Like, this is a um, communication style. Some people fill up the air. And some people share a lot. I personally, I've noticed this about myself. I don't share that much. Like when I talk, when I like greet Trin in the morning, I will probably tell her what's going on with me, but I won't like then tell someone else the same thing. You know, am I making sense? Like I'm not that big of a sharer, which is weird because I know I like share a lot of personal shit on Twitter or whatever, but that's not quite the same thing. Well, so uh, Jen, I think that you and I are a really good example of this dynamic. Uh, because I, I would I would say that we are both introverts in the sense that we both need to like recharge, but I am definitely more extrovert than you. So harkening back to the last question, um, it seems like these people are looking for the other puzzle piece that fits with them. And they see that you have space for them to fill up. So they are trying to lock puzzle pieces with you and you're not into it. But for me and Jen, like I, I mean, I emotionally vomit with Jen all the time. And Jen, I, I mean, and correct me if I'm wrong, Jen, I think I feel like you are more open with me and like your close friends than you are with other people, but you're not as word vomity as I am and as other people are. That's just not your personality type. That's not what you do. You're very, I, could, I completely think you're dead on about that. Yeah, like you're very clear and concise about your feelings. You'll give like a few sentences about what's happening and how you feel about it. But you have no need to vent. You have no really, you don't have a need for that second set of ears in the way that I do, or maybe as your other friends do. Um, but it's not, and <laughs> I don't I don't want to speak for you, but it seems to not be a huge burden for Jen because Jen likes to listen and likes to know about her friends. There can be a balance found uh, between these two people, but you are not finding that with your asker. You are not finding that with your interactions with the extra extroverts. Oh, man, I feel so loved and understood right now. Thank you, Trin. Seriously, oh. <laughs> all, all I want is this asker to now have a Trin because Trin accepts people for accepts different communication styles without judgment. Like, that's so awesome. I love you, Trin. That was really nice. Oh, of course. But I mean, Jen, it took work. Like, I mean, for a while, it was just like, you know, when in the beginning of our friendship, because I was immediately word vomiting with you, because that's the way I am. Um, Like, I had to learn to accept that you're not going to vomit back at me. As much as I want you to bowl, you're not going to (laughs) bowl. I think this is the most, I think this is the most Midwestern thing about me. I'm like a 50-year-old Midwestern dad who just like listens and then doesn't say anything. (laughs) (laughs) But you do when it comes down to it and that and that makes me feel good when you do talk about your feelings um i'm not going to go into every conversation expecting the me to open the barf bag and you to barf into it you know (laughs) but the barf bag is nearby should the occasion arise 
Um, so, so that's the thing. So on a person to person basis, if it is your close friends who you're having this trouble with, there is a balance to be found. But it seems from the question that they are talking about this personality type in general, rather than something that can be worked on between a person to person basis. Am I reading that right? You think? That's how I feel because they use the word type, like personality type. And then they asked, what can I do to make myself get less angry when I find myself in these situations? So I want to, you know, good job, Asker, for recognizing I feel anger during this situation and it makes me act bad or it makes me do this or it makes me feel this certain way. Like, that's really smart. That's like emotional intelligence that many, many people lack. Yes, like absolutely. Um, so how do I get less angry? Um, <laughs> I mean, you, there are ways to cut this off the pass. Uh, you can tell people like, you know what? I don't really have the emotional energy for this right now. I'm sorry. I can't give this the attention that it deserves. When you, when you phrase it as I can't give you what you need, that tends to feel better to people. Um, you know, if they're not the kind of conscientious person that will ask for permission and consent before they puke all over you, um, then you, I think that making your boundaries clear is, is the way to go. And don't, I feel bad saying this because, you know, feel how you're going to feel, but try not to feel too bad about hurting their feelings. Because here's the thing, they're violating your emotional consent by making you do work that costs emotional energy. So if you shut it down, then they get to feel crappy instead of you. (laughs) (laughs) I love that piece of advice, Trin. Like, yeah, we, we definitely need to consider like that this person is trapped in being emotionally dumped on. We haven't really talked about that possibility. Right. I also, yeah, I also want to consider the idea that like, what if here I am, I'm playing devil's advocate, which I hate doing. I'm being Satan's advocate. Who wants to be Satan's advocate, by the way? Never trust anyone who does it on the regular. Anyway, so what if, the friends that are doing all the talking, um, what if they feel they're doing the work? Oh. Is that a possibility? Like I, uh, are, I'm just trying to put myself in this situation. I feel like when my friends are talking a lot toward me, I feel, I feel grateful because that means I don't have to share. <laughs> <laughs> it means I don't have to talk about myself. Oh, yeah, because you're saying because you're totally right, because they're talking about like they're talking about working in a public building. They're talking about uh, like just people that they they come up with. The other person in this conversation may be like, well, somebody has to fill the air. So I guess it's got to be me putting on my theater jazz hands. Yeah, they might be doing friendship at you. And it's hard for for me to say, like, that sucks. Right. Um, but th- I think this is a tough question, though, right? Because there's there's no way we can tell you just be less angry when this happens, because that's that's not that's shitty advice. Well, but when you're angry, shut it down. Shut it down. Yeah. Yeah. Because you can you can say, like, you know what? I'm trying to focus on this project or uh, t- change the topic to something that's not personal. Um, if you are interested in talking about like a world issue or talking about just like Pokemon or something like that, there are ways to just like just alter the subject. And uh, honestly, I know that I say this a lot, but sometimes you just got to be mean. And if it's very obvious that you're changing the subject to Pokemon and they're like, LOL, I guess you don't want to talk about feelings then say, nah, I really don't. Oh, man, that's not mean either, too. I just want, I love that. I don't really want to talk about it. That's perfectly acceptable. Oh my God. Please be the, 
please, everyone listening to this, be the kind of person who respects the phrase, I don't really want to talk about it. You don't have to be nice. You don't have to be nice. I just, I do the you don't have to be nice dance right now. I wish I could see it. It's, uh, it's a lot of shoulder action. A lot of shoulders. Yeah. What about yeah. the hips? What are the so hips doing? The hips are, are moving simply because the shoulders are so loose. It's a very, <laughs> it's a very upper body thing. You know how like Irish dance is like very, uh, the top is very stiff and the, and the bottom's just flailing around going nuts. It's like the opposite of that. <laughs> so the body is flailing about and the legs are, could not, or like still as a statue. Got yeah, it. Yeah. The legs are folded and they're not really having it, but they're going with the flow because that's what the shoulders want, which is a lot like this conversation that the friend that the asker is talking about. Sure so, is. Sometimes you got to be <laughs> the legs, you know, you got to be the legs and remain crossed and just let the shoulders and the waist do what they need to do until they're done. I'm thank still you for painting. Thank you it. for painting that picture for us. <laughs> I'm still doing it. Okay. I need to calm the frick down. I've finished my coffee is what happened. Oh, I'm like halfway through my second cup. Okay, I'm gonna chill out on the coffee because I want to be in the same energy level as you because I respect you. No, I you do respect me, and that's very nice of you. But I'm not gonna ask you to chill out. I want you to carry this. I want you to do all the work for the rest of the episode with your energy. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like we just had a really good example conversation of how this would <laughs> healthily go if both parties were interested in finding common ground. But it sounds. <laughs> Like the asker is really the only one involved who wants to try and find common ground. Yeah. Ain't that the way of it? Trin, I don't I don't know how to give this person advice. <laughs> well, I think we did, which is like uh, it's a it's a case by case basis. They're asking a really, really wide question, which is this happens at work. This happens with my friends. This happens with people I don't know. Um, so you have to decide on a case by case basis. Is it worth it? Is it worth not being super nice so that you can like maintain your emotional uh, fortitude or and your energy? Um, like, or is it like I, I'm going to shut this down because I don't want to? Or is it this is my best friend and we're going to work to find common ground between my introvertness and their extrovertness? Um, so I guess the question is so wide that what we really can say is you're not wrong for wanting to have a tennis conversation rather than a bowling conversation. They're not wrong for wanting to bowl rather than have tennis. And you got to either clearly state your needs or, or deal with it because you're at work and you don't want to deal with the fallout of being not nice to somebody. Does that make, is that clear? I don't even know. Yeah. I love, yeah, Trin, that was really good because what you're saying is it's a case by case thing. Yes, there will be people in your life that truly don't give a shit about you and talk and actually do talk over you and talk too much. That is certainly true. But like, I hesitate to prescribe that to everyone, you know. Right. And I mean, the other thing is, is the kind of like we said in the last question is bowling people, extroverts, people who emotionally vomit, they can be very generous in other ways. They're not like bad people. So if at the very least you can give them the benefit of the doubt that it's not that they're shitty, it's just that they don't talk like you do, um, I think that that will help you in the day-to-day -to, -day to try and relate to people who are barfy. Yeah, and I, like, God, if like me and this asker were hanging out, it would be like dead silence. So like, thank, <laughs> thank God for the barfy people. Thank God for the shares, because like, otherwise we would like... we. We would just be sitting there, glancing at our phone, saying things like, oh, the weather. Yeah, okay. Yeah, <laughs> that's about as far as it would go.
And also thank God for the people who can handle companionable silence. Um, that is also yeah. something that is extremely important. In conclusion, if you could try and give people the benefit of the doubt that they're not selfish, they're just trying to fill the air, or you have a a very comforting looking face with like the round cheeks and you look trustworthy and they want to word vomit on you because you seem like the kind of type who'd be into that, you know, just do your best to give them the benefit of the doubt, but you don't have to be the receptacle. You can shut it down. Uh, you don't have to be angry. You just have to advocate for, eh, I'm not really into this right now. And I'm going to turn up some jams. Oh, that's another thing. Turn on some music to fill the silence. Yeah, like hang out with your friends and watch a TV show. That's an introvert's dream, like binging a TV show. We don't have to fucking talk. Yeah, see if at the help desk where you are at work, see if they'll let you play some like gentle bleep bloop music without lyrics. Um, just go on Twitter and ask your friends for some recommendations uh, because that's very work friendly because no lyrics, no swearing. Uh, and it also it provides ambiance and people will not feel the need to fill the silence. Yeah. Bleep okay. bloop jam mix. Bleep bloops. Bleep bloop jams. You said okay, Jen. Okay, what? Oh, I don't remember. I think oh. I was just agreeing. Oh, good. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Should so, we wrap up? Oh, yeah, let's do it. Um, oh, did you want to say anything, Jen? Because um, I'm going to do the, you know, our sign off. But yeah. before I do that, is, or do we have updates for people that maybe oh, backed our Kickstarter? We just have a tiny, huge update. Which is that we're shipping. Yeah. Don't freak out if you haven't gotten your shipping tracking email yet. Don't freak out. It'll come. It'll come in the next couple of days. But a lot of people have gotten theirs. And we've gotten some very cute tweets that are like, it's coming. And it is. We're very excited. Please send us pictures of you in the postcards. Nothing would make us happier than seeing you enjoying something we made. And I that's blowing my mind that I even get to say that sentence. But I yes, your, your postcards are on the way. Uh, and Canadians, you will receive them a little bit later just because the warehouse in Canada received them after the U.S. warehouse. And we're sorry about that. But, you know, like it's it's that's the world. It's a big place. Countries that's are the, far apart. That's like that's that's the way of it, because you don't get to you don't have to live in America. You get your postcards like two weeks later. Yeah. Enjoy your sexy prime minister and your uh, commitment to fighting global warming. All right. Let us have this. <laughs> this has been friendshiping with jen and trin if you want to follow us on twitter we would love to hear from you uh, at do friendship if you'd like to send us a question please email friendshippingpodcast at gmail.com thank you to molly lewis for our theme song thank you to ian parman for editing the episode thank you to alex cox who runs our studio and thank you to lauren gallagher who is our main designer uh that's everything isn't it yeah, thank you for listening. And you're freaking welcome for talking. New friendship at the